welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Lan. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. Hello, 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 everybody. And welcome to another edition of the Lights 360 Charts. Today's uh, Charts is going to be a very, very interesting and exciting one. I'm so excited uh, to have this, uh, the panel that we have today. We have people, seasoned individuals that they're going to be sharing from their experience. They're going to be sharing from their stories. And I believe that we all are going to, we're going to learn a lot. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. So welcome again to the Light 360 chat. As I usually say at the beginning, the reason why we're doing this is just to have conversations that can brighten the lives of people and also to just spread more lights. So many uh, terrible things are happening around the world right now have happened. And I think just sharing stories of people who are making a difference will be encouraging to everyone. And we thank God for all the other chats that we have had and how people, you know, have uh, responded, how they've, you know, they've been blessed by the stories of the people that have come on. So today, <clears throat> we are very privileged to have two wonderful, how do I call them? They are entrepreneurs, they are philanthropists, they are career people, they are, I mean, they're just, you know, well-rounded people. They are doing a lot and you're going to be hearing from their stories. So uh, privileged to have here today um, two people who went through the Leading Lights training and uh, the Leading Lights training was, you know, very pivotal to some of the things that they are doing right now. So we're going to be hearing more of that. So uh, let me first of all introduce uh, the MD. We must always defer to the doctors because <laughs> they, are the one, they take care of us. <laughs> so we have with us today uh, Dr. Mobola Kukoyi. Um, she's a medical doctor. She's an emergency, please correct me if I'm wrong, she's an emergency physician. So, you know, God forbid that you have an emergency, you know, but when somebody has an emergency, they are the, the people that come to meet you there, you know, start to deal with the issue. Uh, she has been, you know, doing a lot during this corona uh, virus uh, season, apart from her work as a doctor, as one of the frontline soldiers. And we just want to applaud you for that, uh, for everything you've been doing. Apart from that, she's been also taken to Instagram. And I've been watching some of her Instagram, Facebook, where she's been sharing and just clarifying things uh, for a lot of people about how to handle different aspects of, uh, of the coronavirus as things, you know, were unfolding. So thank you for doing that. I, I was blessed. Uh, apart from that, she also, uh, she's also one of the people that's, uh, that, you know, set up a group of medical doctors. Um, you know, it's called City Med, where a whole bunch of medical doctors come together and they just share and they talk and, you know, share ideas and encourage one another. Uh, it's one of the initiatives that she, 
uh, kicked off after the leading light strain. So Dr. Mobola Kukui, apart from that, she is also, I forgot to mention that, she's also the principal for the M. Kukui uh, Foundation that is doing a lot of things in Africa and with, you know, in this city, a very strong partner of the Light Development Center uh, also putting together this program. So let's welcome Dr. Uh, Mobola Kukoyi. Thank you for coming. So- uh, Thank you, it's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. And then um, another wonderful accomplished individual, she has been doing a lot, you know, in the city of Chicago and beyond. So she came to the Leading Lights training some years, I think about three years or so, or four years, I don't you know, I know it was uh, one of those um, past courts and, you know, she came in there and, you know, our heart is women empowerment, like just empowering people, uh, women, whatever stage of life they are, whether they are young or old, and she just wants to empower people so that they can live the maximized life that God has called them to live. And in doing that, she has been, you know, doing a lot of things. First of all, she's a, she's, you know, in corporate America, uh, she's a marketing executive professional who works with Ernst and Young. And apart from through that, she's leveraging that to actually touch a lot of people in the corporate world and beyond. So she organizes seminars, she organizes workshops and events meant to empower people. I can still remember one where she organized to pick up some inner city youth from Chicago, brought them into the Schomburg area and did a whole day of programming with them that, you know, those kids, I remember one of them left that. Um, interestingly, one of the kids that was there is one of the kids of one of our, one of the leading like USA person that just got bereaved of the son. But the, that kid is one of a very good close friend of mine now, the, the daughter. She says she wanted to be the president of the United States. She was so inspired and everything. So she's the principal of uh, the Agila Foundation. Uh, she brings professionals together, uh, they talk and they, and they encourage and inspire people. So please let's welcome here today, um, Ayo Daunsi, thank you for joining mm -hmm. us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. And thank you, uh, thanks, both of, to, thanks to both of you for, you know, just separating this time. I know you guys are very busy. Uh, as, you know, doctors, you guys are busy on call. So in case you get a call, you know, just, <laughs> just let us know, you know, <laughs> while we're doing this show. <laughs> Hopefully there will, be, there will be nobody calling at this time. So, uh, so let's move on. So I want to welcome those of you joining us on Facebook. Thank you. Thank you so much. And those who will join us on YouTube later. So thank you. Thank you for watching this. So we're going to start uh, quickly. Um, first question, and I'm going to throw it first to Ayo. Um, who is Ayo? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. I've tried to introduce you as much as I can, but I think you, you can do it better than I did. <laughs> Yeah, so when I think about who I am, you know, a lot of times we define ourselves by our career, um, but we're so much more than that. So I would say I'm a daughter, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a founder of the Agila Foundation, um, I'm an event marketer uh, by profession, um, and I am someone that's just passionate about making an impact in my, during my life. So that's me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And you have how many kids, so you don't mind? Yep. I have one. I have one. a daughter who's eight years old. Oh, awesome. 
good. Yeah. Bryce, thank you. So Mobola, Dr. Mobola. Or should I call you Mobola? <laughs> yes, you may, Pastor Lad. <laughs> we have to respect our doctors, you know. So, <laughs> so, so Mobola, who is Mobola? Well, Pastor Lad, you did a fantastic job. Um, in addition to everything you said, I'm also a daughter. I'm actually the only girl in my family. I have four brothers. I have 13 nieces and nephews, one of which graduated high school today. So wow. hi, Marisola, congratulations. Wow. Um, my, one of my passions is um, just trying to make an impact pretty much in the healthcare sector of Africa, um, low resources. Um, so that's, that's kind of what, um, I kind of want my career path to be working here in the States, but really making an impact in low resource settings. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank, thanks to both of you. Um, so my next question is, both of you at different times, you took the Leading Lights training. Uh, for those watching, if you don't know what the Leading Lights training is, it's a training organized by the Life Development Center right here in Chicago. Um, it's a training that helps people to discover their purpose, uh, learn how to maximize their lives, organize their lives, learn leadership principles, and initiate that purpose, implement it, take the first steps in implementing that purpose. So we, you know, we usually organize it quarterly, and the Leading Lights training now has gone you know, beyond Chicago. It's, uh, it's gone to 12 nations currently. So, and people would take the training, they, they become a part of the Leading Lights network. So we have a, a network of people internationally, who are part of the Leading Lights training. So one of the dreams of the Life Development Center is actually to have a point to a time, to come to a time, and it's beginning to happen little by little where people who are part of the Leading Lights Network in different nations can collaborate together. Somebody needs to do something in Zambia, there's a Leading Light Network person there, you link up and it's done. So, so that's what the Leading Lights tra uh, training and network is. So they both participated in the training at different times, they were in different cohorts. So my question is, and Mobala, you're going to start this time around. What, what was the impact of the Leading Lights training on you? I mean, what, what's your you know, perspective of your experience at the Leading Lights training? I would say the Leading Lights training helped me. It kind of catapulted my, my, my goal. So prior to that, you know, I was in residency. I, the foundation was kind of on the side. Um, but the three-day training really challenged me. Um, really when what is your purpose in life like um, like Aya said you're beyond what you do you know first of all um, I'm like how am I supposed to serve God and so the leading life training was also a reminder of that and as Christians we also we spiritualize a lot of things and the leading life training was about practical impact you know you pray you do all of that but how do you practically impact your 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 world and so that was very important to me and i say i, I learned a lot i still refer to some of the the leadership aspect and for anybody that has not taken the course it is it teaches you a lot it teaches you about leadership about administration um and you don't have to be Christian. It's really something that organizations can benefit from. Um, it teaches teamwork. Um, it's it's just a great it's a great three day course overall. I highly recommend it. Thank you very much. I, you know, and it's good that you mentioned the fact that it's not just for Christians because we've had a little life training in nations where people who are participating they come in with their hijab 
Muslims. And at the end of the Little Lies training, everybody's laughing. We're taking pictures. They're so excited. This has changed my life. We've had people from the military, business people, all kinds of people participate in it because it's based on universal principles. Even though they are biblical, biblically derived, but they are applicable to anybody, whatever, because they are just universal principles. So thank you uh, for, for saying that. So Ayo, what, how, how was Leading Lights for you? Yeah, I would 100% say that it was a pivotal moment in my life. Um, and I'll preface this by saying I was very hesitant to, to take the class because it was three days, three full days, I think like 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. each day. And so that alone, alone was a little bit discouraging. Um, but honestly, it was one of the best experiences in my life. And, um, you know, it helped me kind of put a story together, things that I had been doing, things that I've been thinking about, really bringing that all together and allowing me to put a plan to move forward, um, which we've done through the Agila Foundation. So um, I would highly, highly recommend it. I had friends that had taken it prior to me, same experience. This was a life-changing moment or um, class. And um, I agree. If thank you, this thank is something you, we should all take. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I know it's it's tough. So it's an intensive. So you know, one of the things I, I believe is that most people don't release their full potentials except they're in hot water. I said human beings are like tea bag. If you don't put them in hot water, their potentials will not come out. So 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 more, so usually I like to put people. I like to put myself in hot water. I like to put people in hot water too. Because that's when the, the real thing, the real potential would ooze out and we are able to now sweeten the world and do all that. So that's why it was designed to be very intensive because sometimes, you know, when you, sometimes people just need to break something. Like you, you stay with something extensively, you break some things, you get out of some comfort zone. And that's why you will notice that when people take it, those who go through the process and, you know, and all, they, they come out and they just go and do something that is sustained, that continues to be a blessing to people. So, so I'm so glad that, you know, you guys took it. I saw when you guys took it and I saw the after effect, what you guys began to do. Can you tell us a little bit, um, um, Ayo, you start this time around. Tell us a little bit about uh, your foundation, like what, you know, what is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I took uh, Leading Lights in two, 2017. It was either fall or winter of 2017. And again, it was a moment for me to reflect, think about my um, history, things that I had been involved in. Always been passionate about women and girl initiatives around diversity and inclusion. Um, and so it allowed me to create uh, my path going forward. And so that is how the Agila Foundation um, was born. Uh, and we have a mission to empower women and girls with a focus on leadership, innovation, and technology, but through a lens of passion, purpose, and paying it forward. And so when I think about my story um, as a first-generation American, you know, there's a lot of things that I didn't have access to, I didn't know about from an education standpoint. Um, and so there's a lot of things that I can do now that I can pass on to the next generation so that they're in a better starting point than I was when I was their age. Um, I, we focus on leadership, innovation, and technology because when we think about the future of work, those are all going to be elements that are going to be important. Leadership, regardless of where you find yourself, leadership is important. Innovation, really um, encouraging a growth mindset, and then technology. And I think with COVID-19, technology is even, we're re recognizing how much technology is going to be um, important and crucial as we continue to um, press forward. 
So how do you, how have you implemented that? Like in Agila, like some of the things you have done. Yeah, so a couple of things. We have two, I guess, two primary audiences, one for women, and it's really creating a community of purposeful individuals who have stories, who have experiences that wouldn't mind paying it forward, right, or passing that information and knowledge down to our next generation of leaders. Um, and then we have programs for girls. So we have something for girls in elementary and middle school, and then we have programs for girls in high school and college. Um, the Elementary and middle school, we're really just focusing on planting seeds of the different opportunities that are out there, especially when in corporate America, when you think about diversity and inclusion and a lot of the systemic issues, you know, how can we start thinking about how we can um, give them a successful career or whatever they want to do, um, you know, post uh, education to be in a really good starting point. Um, and then our women's circle. Um, you know, again, just really focusing on how we can make impact, right? Some people are entrepreneurs, some are corporate America, some will start a foundation like me, but regardless of where you are, there's some type of impact that you can make. And so we try to bring people together to do that. I know you do some regular programming. Of course, everything has been disrupted by coronavirus, but <laughs> when the world was still pre-corona, you know, <laughs> you, you, there were some things that you, you know, some annual programs and you know, things that you do. Can you talk about that? And if you can just tell us maybe just some stories, maybe a story or two of people who have participated. Um, yeah, so um, in 2017, when I finished Leading Lights, I was telling a couple of friends, like, here's what I experienced, here's what I did. Um, and then here is what are, are some ideas of what I have for next steps. And so I think it's important to recognize those that challenge you and encourage you to keep moving forward, right? Because there's one thing to actually take your class and have an idea. There's a whole nother element on executing it. So I had a friend that told me um, in January of 2018 um, that I want, I, I had told her I wanted to have a women's conference um, in 2018. So in January, she's like, all right, let's just put it out there, put it on social media, tell the world that you're going to be having something great in Chicago um, in the fall of 2018. And so that's really what got um, us started on the execution. Um, and now 2020, we have had three, no, two women's conferences and then one for International Women's Day. Um, you know, when we talk about paying it forward, we were able to have the chief diversity officer from the McDonald's Corporation, Wendy Lewis, um, speak at our last year's conference. And our theme was pay it forward and how we can all use what we have to make an impact, um, you know, Again, starting from an idea, the first year I had to fund it myself, to be honest. Um, but then in 2019, was able to grow. We had partners, we had sponsors. And so it's really just taking ideas, starting, investing time, sometimes money, sometimes resources, and just continue to, to, to grow. Um, I think it's been interesting because when I started, I wanted companies and organizations to sponsor, but they're like, who are you? Like, we don't know you. <laughs> um, it, and you know, some people could get discouraged because of that, but um, one, I knew what God had planted in my heart. I knew um, the end goal, right? One of the things we did in Leading Lights was a vision board. And I have a picture of an audience full of people who will be attending the Agila conference, right? So it's not gonna happen overnight, but small steps. It's a marathon, it's not a sprint. Very good. I noticed that you also, um, you've partnered with some Leading Lights uh, network people because I see Betsy, Peju, you, you know, some people that speak at your yes. conference. Yeah. Yes. That's been, that's been awesome. Yeah. 
and I mean, and we talked about that partnerships um, in leading lights and knowing where I have strong, where I have strengths and where other people have strengths and how we can all work together to support the different initiatives that we have. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. So uh, Mobola, so tell us about, you know, what you do as a medical doctor and also um, about your foundation. You also started a foundation after the leading line. Maybe you could tell us, first of all, about the group you started for medical doctors, then talk about your work as a medical doctor, and then talk about the foundation. So, let's... Absolutely. And so after this leading lights training, we set up a WhatsApp group. Um, so one of the visions of City Light is really having small groups, you know, small groups where you can be intimate and grow Christ, and which is amazing, right? Because when the church first started, that's how we met in small groups. Mm -hmm. And so we, again, leveraging technology, we created a WhatsApp group um, where we had um, people interested in pre-health. So you didn't have to be a doctor, if you're a nurse, if you're a vet, um, so you could come together. We share resources on studying, we share resources on applications, um, even like with this COVID um, pandemic, we had resources on possible job opportunities because we know that a lot of people were affected. Um, so it's been a really great group. Now, what, what I do, my goodness, as an ER doc, <laughs> I call us jack of all trades, but master of resuscitation. So pretty much as an ER doc, you have three jobs. You want to identify any life-threatening um, disease. Um, you want to kind of alleviate symptoms. So we do a lot of pain control, pain management, even if we don't know um, what's wrong, even if we don't identify your disease. And we also stabilize, we also resuscitate. So that's the main, that's the main sort of emergency medicine. We want to stabilize you. And what is my foundation about? So it's two-pronged. Um, the first one is, so I'm passionate about resource limited settings. Mm -hmm. And the um, idea came in medical school, I did a year long research in, in Ghana. And I was like, wow, they are making do with so little. And if you have friends that were trained in Africa, I mean, it's stellar, stellar education, but they're limited. Um, just based on the resources they had. And so when I came back to the States, I was like, how can I help out? Um, and so that's how the foundation was birthed. And then after the Leading Lights um, class, I was challenged to go further. So the first aspect of my foundation is to optimize healthcare delivery and resource limited settings. And as an ER doc, because I kind of dip my hands in a lot of specialties, it was, it was perfect for me, um, emergency care. And so some of the projects we've done are, um, for example, in Ghana, it's the only um, emergency residency program in West Africa. So Nigeria, we've got to do better. <laughs> and so, um, and when I went there, um, I went back there in residency. When people come in emergencies, you have to pay before treatment. And you can imagine going out of your house, you're not planning to be hit by a car, you know? So when you're hit by a car and you come to the ER and then you have to pay, pre-treatment, that's pretty heartbreaking. Um, so I was like, how can I help? And so ultrasound, again, technology has been great. You can use at a bedside, you can diagnose a lot of pathology. So whether or not people have the money to get a chest x-ray, whether or not the x-ray is working, you have an ultrasound to you. So thankfully, so I put out a fundraising, thankfully a lot of people contributed. And through that process, I found that people actually want to help. You know, they may not know how to get started. They may not have the time. They may not know how to identify. 
um, programs to donate to. And if people probably don't know that I'm an introvert, I seem like an extrovert, but the older I've gotten, the more. <laughs> introvert. Uh, yeah, I know. People don't want to believe that. But just like putting myself out there, starting a page, mm. asking for donations, that takes a lot for me, you know. And But people have been so encouraging. They're like, Mobola, we want to do this. So that was our very first global project, you know, donating that to um, the residency program. And it's just been amazing. The second um, project we've done was actually this year with the COVID um, pandemic. And again, as an ER doctor, I'm a frontliner. You know, it gave me like a like like an advantage. You know, to be like, what do we really need? And unfortunately, a lot of people were followed during this program. Um, my friends in Africa were like, Mobola, we don't care about this shutdown. People are hungry. And so what I did was just mobilize my resources here. And then again, I found that people really do want to help. So we were able to raise $2,570, so $2,500. Um, we send it to four organizations in Nigeria as they're doing great work. People are grateful. Mm -hmm. And so that's the first part of my organization, really helping optimize healthcare. Um, the next um, projects hopefully will be in Nigeria. Um, we're trying to do teaching, um, CPR, just basic stuff. Like how do you save a life? Basic stuff. You don't have to be a doctor to save a life. So education is also capacity building. When we leave the country, do you leave them with knowledge? You know, can they do the work? And so that's a big, that's a big thing, capacity building. The second part of my um, of my foundation, which hasn't grown yet, but eventually we'll get there, is really um, helping education of our youth. So when I came to the US, I was an international student and I know the financial um, difficulties that we went through. And so like, how can I help somebody, you know, go through that? So I found, I found a um, sponsoring it, just a very, very small um, scholarship on my um, undergrad. Um, but the hope is to grow that larger because, you know, you have people who want to attend college. Um, I hope to like partner with organizations. But like I said, that is just getting off the ground. And my prayer is that it becomes, you know, it becomes bigger than what it is. So that's my story. Okay. And your foundation partners with the LDC too. Absolutely. Trips and, you know, even doing this COVID thing, some of the food distribution and helping are people who are out of job and all that. So we appreciate that. Thank um, you. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you for uh, for sharing about that. So now, so somebody's watching now and it's like, wow, look at these people. They are accomplished when it comes to their professions, uh, both of you. And it looks as if they've been able to translate that into living a, a purposeful life. So they are not living meaningless lives, right? So somebody is there and the person is struggling between career purpose, career purpose. You know, it's one of those things we discussed in the leading life training that your career is not necessarily your purpose, but your career can, it could be your purpose or it could provide like a leeway into it. What can you say to such a person? Um, Ayo, you can go first. Yeah, one of, um, you know, there's an article I read and um, we tend to ask children, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? And in my home, it was like, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be an engineer or something in the healthcare space. Mm -hmm. But instead of asking children what they want to be when they grow up, 
let's start asking them what kind of impact you want to make. Mm. And impact can look differently depending on where you are, right? You can make impact in corporate America. You can make impact by volunteering. That is a very good one. So people listening, um, don't ask the kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? Ask them, what impact do you want to make? I'm going to start applying that with my kids. What impact do you want to make? Then, mm-hmm. yeah, continue. Yeah, so and, and it could play out in different ways, right? Impact can th- is not limited to your career. Um, you could do things by volunteering. I was talking with someone who's actually a medical doctor, and she was kind of thinking, like, is this what I really want to do? Um, but then she's a very caring person, and so, and I think that's why she went into the medical field because she likes she's very caring. She likes helping people, and so it took her a moment to kind of reflect and think about like why she chose the profession that she did. Um, and she's not limited. I think she has, she's actually in a good opportunity because she makes a lot of money to potentially use those resources to make impact in a different type of way. Um, and so, um, I, I think that would be it. Just focus on impact and it could look differently depending on where you are regionally, career, professionally, et cetera. So don't, don't put yourself into a box. If you focus on impact, it doesn't matter if you're a doctor, if you're a pastor, for example, as a pastor, I find myself doing Things that are you know that are not that are not in the pastoral you know rule like if you put it pigeonhole it into pastoral I have to step out and be a business person I have to step out like now I'm trying to be uh, you know Anderson Cooper you know <laughs> or something <laughs> so but if you focus on impact right then you can be you can have enough leeway to actually be able to move from whatever you are doing or just work with what you have to actually start fulfilling the purpose while you are here. That's very profound, thank you. Mobola, what do you say to, to that? So I, I guess the first thing I would advise anybody that's like, what do I do is start, what do I like doing? You know, because this is a very long road. Um, it's, you know, like, um, like um, I already put it, it's a marathon, it's not a, it's not a um, sprint, you will be discouraged. Um, so you have to really like that, you know, like I love healthcare, you know, so even though I have challenges, I'm like, I like this. So what do you really like? And then um, the second thing I would say, what resources could help you, you know, how can you, how can you learn more? So something like the Leading Lights um, program, you know, I learned about administration, I learned about collaboration, I learned about teamwork, you know, so how do you build yourself? So apart from spiritual growth, you also need personal growth, you also need career growth. So one, how do, what do you like Two, how can I get experience how can I get um some some teaching on this because you gotta you gotta have that education and then number three just just go for it you know I started just really little I'm like I don't know what how I'm going to do this and you will realize people want to help and that took me a while um to understand people really do want to help you so just get started you don't need any grand idea to start what you start with may not be what you end with but if you don't start something you have no product so just get started and start today very good so do you both i mean feel i know it's you know fulfillment is a lifelong thing right we always but you know i just want to know do you guys do you feel you are on the path of your purpose do you both feel that way 100%. Um, I, I turned 40 this year. 
And um, one of my brothers challenged me to write like my Wikipedia page. <laughs> so what will people say about you? What will, how do you want to be remembered? Um, and I'm definitely doing that. And I would say in the process, there's been, um, you know, moment, I think there's been moments where I've been discouraged, where I've been uh, let down, but I think ultimately it's helping me actually get to my purpose, right? We always, I pray like, you know, God, the doors that you want closed, shut them, the doors that you want open, open them. Um, and so I 100% believe that God is taking me to where he wants me to be by closing some doors um, and allowing me to walk in my purpose. Awesome. Mobola. So the, my, the turning point was when I read the scripture that true religion is helping widows and orphans. Um, so I was like, okay, we go to church, you know, we pray. But I mean, if scripture is saying your true worship is helping, you know, widows and orphans, what are we doing? As in James chapter one or two or so, yeah. One or 27. You would think I would know it, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's James one twenty-seven. Uh, and so when I realized that, I was like, this is what I want to do. You know, I, because like I have said, how do I want to be remembered? You know, fine, I'm a doctor, but that's what I do. That's not who I am. And so it came from a place that what is true religion? How do I fulfill that scripture? How do I go outside, you know, my comfort zone? So that's actually my, that's what gets me going. You know, you, you said, right, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Aya. No, I was just going to add, and one thing that I remember vividly from leading lights is, you know, a lot of times I thought my, um, you know, the, the work that I was doing in church was who I am as a Christian. But then you talked about how, you know, in all aspects of your life, how are you giving glory to God? And you gave an example of a football player at the end of winning the Super Bowl, you know, like that's his story, that's his purpose, and that's how he's recognizing God and the work that he's doing. And it was just a really great reminder that um, we can be Christ representers, representers um, anywhere, right? It's not just in church. And so even though the Ideal Life Foundation is not necessarily a Christian organization, I 100% use it as a platform to share my story, which includes Christ and what he's done in my life. Yeah, so, you know, the question I ask people is, you know, what does Christian mean? So we, you know, we right now we put Christian, we call people Christian before the demonstration. But when the word Christian was first used in Acts of the Apostles, they saw some people doing something and they said, hmm, that was in Antioch. These people, then they called them a name, Christian. It was actually a derogatory name. It wasn't, it wasn't like uh, they were pride. It's those people that behave like that Christ, that's, you know, Jesus guy, Christ. That's who they are. But you see that they were doing something before they were called Christian. So I tell people, I say, who is a politician? You don't call, you don't come and call me a politician because you have seen me do politics. You know, who is a statistician? If I can't do statistics, don't call me a statistician. If I, you can't call me a mathematician if I don't know any maths. So who is a Christian? A Christian is somebody who does Christ. Not somebody who just talks about Christ or who, you know, sings about Christ or, you know, has, you know, that they sit down and they talk about Christ and they hear sermons about Christ and all that. A Christian is somebody who does Christ, just like a mathematician is somebody who does mathematics. It's somebody who does Christ. So I have said that, and I say it in the English training, that sometimes, we can, we, have, we can see some Christians, Christians really that are doing Christ, that some of them are not as bi biblical, biblically, what do you call it, educated as some people that we call Christians because they are actually doing the work. And what is the work 
of Christ. What is the work of Christ? That's what you were talking about when he was talking about true religion in James 1, 27. Uh, Christ, what was his work? In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all those who are oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So basically it came and it was a light and it was doing good. So it was doing kingdom work and that's what makes him, that's what made him, that's Christ. He was anointed for that. And that's what a true Christian, a true Christian is. A true Christian is somebody who find out, you know, who have a relationship with God and they find out the end, the reason for that relationship. Like what does God want to do in this world through me? And they find out their purpose and start living it out. That's a person who is, you know, a Christian who is allowing the Christ life to shine through them. So that's exactly what you guys, you know, were talking about. So, so let's uh, let's push this uh, a little bit further. So, corporate world um, versus what you were doing. What are some of the challenges and? I mean, combining all that and how have you guys been able to resolve that? I mean, how will you speak to somebody who is in that at that point right now? It's like, you know, I think I'm going to take this leading life training. And by the way, if you want to take the leading life training, you're watching, we have an open house, the first virtual open house leading light training. We're calling it the taste of leading light, the discovery module of the leading light. We're offering it for free this Saturday, May 23rd. Go to openhouse.com theleadinglight.org, openhouse.theleadinglight.org. I think they, they will post it in the, in the chat, openhouse.theleadinglight.org. There's a form there, fill it. We have some people that have already filled it, but we still have, you know, we have some space for more people. It's a virtual thing. So go fill it and then we'll get in touch with you. So, so I, I was saying, so how will you speak to somebody like that? I was thinking, okay, now I know I went for career. I got educated. I did all that. But right now I'm at that point where I'm feeling like, there's something more about my life. There's something more about my life. You guys have been able to transition into that, into what, that what you are doing right now. Even though you are doing your career, you are doing that. You know, you have moved into transcendence, you know. So, so, you know, so most people, uh, you know, like I know you guys probably know about um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know. So basically the needs of human beings, the pyramid of needs. So you first of all start with, you know, physical needs, physiological needs, safety needs. Most people are going after, they want to be safe. Then you move on to things like relationship needs, you know, belonging needs. Then you now move on to self-realization, self-expression. And then you now move to, you know, like, well, significant Then transcendence. Transcendence is when you, have, you now begin to live and you have, gone beyond you are now living beyond yourself and you are living beyond your own feelings you are living beyond your own convenience you are living beyond just yourself you are now your life is now touching somebody so from your own journey what will you say to somebody who is at that point right now and it's like i really want to step into this uh any one of you can go first as you are led so i would say just start you know, starts. So I started this in residency, right? Even taking the leading rights training, it took me three years <laughs> because I had to have, <laughs> I had to have a three off days. And as a resident, man, 
those off days, you just sleep in. You just want to get your energy. So it's only three. Uh, yeah, it was just <laughs> three years to get it done. But you you have to start. Just start. You know, again, it doesn't have to be grandiose. You don't have to have a plan. You know, just start. Um, how am I combining this? It is a lot of time. Um, I won't lie. Um, but it's, you know, if it's 10 minutes, you want to walk on it every day. If it's 30 minutes once a week, it doesn't have to be big just start and you get there. And mm -hmm. I don't know how Pastor Lan is saying, I've reached that level. Listen, I am not at that level. I am at the very bottom, just praying to God <laughs> to uplift this foundation. So don't mind Pastor Lan, I am not there yet. You know what you are, you know, you are, at least, you know, you have crossed to a point where you, you have meaning for your life. Do you get what I'm saying? You know, and you take joy in that. That's a lot of people are not even there. They are still confused. Like, oh, this and this and this and that. All of us have, we still go through a measure of confusion as we move on about the next level. Well, at least we know that this is the direction that our lives you know, want to be built on, right? And, you know, another interesting thing, the leading life training, your names, you know, somehow, for some reason, your purpose shows up in your name. If I remember correctly, the M in your name is like medical or medicine or something. Or like yes, that. that was a very fun activity. And so what we do for everybody who doesn't know, what we do in Leading Lights is you, you try to match your name to your purpose. And that was really interesting because when you see that list, you are like, oh, I identify X, Y, and Z. So it was really eye-opening. Mm -hmm. And in that, um, in the Leading Lights sessions, you also try to develop a mission. And what I developed in Leading Lights is actually what I use for my mission now. And so it's been, it's been incredible. Man. Ayo, so what can you speak to, to this? Yeah, I would say, I mean, if you're passionate about something, um, even though you have a full workload um, in your day job, you find the energy and the time to do it. Um, and that was my case, you know, waking up early in some cases, staying up late and others. Um, I knew what the end goal was and I was um, willing to create the time to make it happen. And again, another lesson from Leading Lights, right? Start with the end goal in mind. What do you, and this came from Pastor Land, what do you need to do every month? What do you need to do every day? What do you need to do every hour, right? To accomplish that goal in six months or a year. And so breaking it down into, um, I guess, easier steps might make it more manageable to comprehend as opposed to like one big goal and just trying to figure out a whole bunch of things um, at one time. And so um, if you're truly passionate about what you're doing, um, just make time. Um, it, it's not necessarily always gonna be easy, but um, it's, it's definitely worth it. Thank you. I know you both are not lawyers, but you know there was a reason why you chose found, the foundation. Um, you chose a foundation. I know some people are interested in how do you start a foundation? What is a foundation? Why did you choose a foundation? Um, do you, you guys can speak to that? Anyone can go. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I talked to my accountant <laughs> and he's the one that recommended this route. Um, I was already doing work anyway, um, and why not start a foundation um, to help build it and grow the credibility that I needed, so. Okay, um, Mabola? So to be honest, I just Googled. <laughs> <laughs> it works, it works. <laughs> I, just, I just Googled, I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. And then I found out through my, and so to register it in, at least in Illinois, it's very easy. You don't need anybody's help. Just go to the Illinois um, State Department of, um, I forget, the, the same website to get your driver's license. You know, you Driver check, Drive, Illinois. 
Yes, it takes yeah, like 15 like minutes. States. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But then what I found out from my accountant was um, having a foundation does not necessarily translate to nonprofits 501c3 status. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing you want to file for. So you file for your foundation organization and then you also file for the nonprofit um, aspect of it. Yeah, so that you can receive tax deductibles, so um, donations and be recognized, you know, and all that. So I know, so still talking about this foundation thing, so people know how they can do it. We want to start a foundation, right? Um, I know, you, you know, you spoke about starting with your personal finances. I think it was Ayo that was saying it, that you started this thing, you funded the first year before people, you know, started joining you. Can you talk about the financial journey of starting a nonprofit or an initiative like this from your own perspective? Yeah, so um, first thing I did, I, I did consult with my accountant. Um, I know my strengths um, and I know what I have time for and capacity for. And uh, doing all of that legalese is not, <laughs> is not something I would commit to. Um, and so I outsourced it. Uh, and again, it's an investment in the business. And so he took care of everything. Um, from getting the foundation set up to um, getting our uh, tax exempt forms as well as our 501c3 certification. I paid for it, um, but it was worth the time because I know if I quantify how much time it would take me to do something like that, it was worth what I was going to pay him. Um, and then there's a lot of marketing and and so, you know, creating logos, getting a website, um, and, you know, starting putting events in place to really just start to create the brand and who we are and what we represent in the community that we live in. First event, again, paid for, um, you know, paid for a majority of the cost. We did charge a fee, so then that offset some of the costs. But the reality is um, you have to be willing to invest some of your personal finances uh, to get started. I, I would say maybe in most cases, I mean, there, I guess there's some cases where you have, um, initial buy-in. The other component is um, we, we now have a board of directors. And so it's not looking away to grow support the organization, but having a diverse board that really helps bring unique perspective um, and become brand ambassadors at the foundation, which has been really, really helpful, um, not only from like a branding standpoint, but also as we think about uh, where we want to be and sustainability um, and strategic initiatives as well. Very good. Thank you. Mabola? So I agree with a lot of what Aya said. So initially, I believe on Cyber Illinois, it was either like $100 or $150. So I'm like, this is the sacrifice you make. To apply for the nonprofit status with Illinois, I think it's about $400. To pay my account, I was $500. And it's a very tedious process. So I was like, you know, with $100, that can save me like days of filing. Again, this was what for my personal money, I'm like, this is an investment that I have to make. To become a nonprofit, you do need a board of directors. And so I reached out to my friends. Again, a lot of people want to help. They just don't know how to start. And so um, a couple of three of my colleagues from different backgrounds, I have somebody in IT, I have somebody in engineering with business administration and management. And then I have somebody in medicine that can help contribute to the medical aspect. And so in terms of funding, uh, my goal was to, again, try to bring people together that want to help. And so I, I host a lot of like um, crowdfunding events. When I tell you I am shy. So all the things you see me post on Facebook, on Instagram, listen, 
I am so shy. So I want to thank everybody. I want to thank everybody that supported and donated. God bless you. Uh, God really bless you. So thank you. <laughs> you know, I know, I know what you mean by, you know, so I am shy too. Most people can't, they don't believe it that I'm shy. <laughs> you know, you're, you're shaking your head. I am shy. I am an introvert. And then I don't ask, I don't like asking people for money. I, I detest it. I don't like asking people for money. But something I learned along the way was that, you know what? If I want to ask people for money for something that is not for me, you know, it's not for me. And it's for, to bless people. And I'm going to put my own money in there that I could be bold. So I began to develop boldness in that area. Now I'm not shy in asking people for money. For myself, I'm still shy. I would never ask anybody for anything for myself. But if, if it is to ask for somebody else, all shyness is removed. You know, and I just go. So I think that's what helped me with fundraising. Uh, that I just removed myself from the equation. You know, there are people who are going to bless. They're going to, there are people who are going to be blessed by this. The people who are giving are also going to be blessed. So I'm just actually just a conduit in there. So my shyness or whatever, I let it go away. I think that will help anybody that is, that is watching. Also in the Little Life Training, if you guys remember, we talked about the pillars of fundraising. The pillars of fundraising, like how do you raise money for your mission, for your initiatives and all that. I'm sure you guys are using some of those pillars right now, or you can, you know, you know step it up. You know, we talked about uh, number one, that prayer is number one, faith. Um, you know, I mean, has been your let's start, let's start, let's just talk about it one by one. You know, we have a few more minutes in this thing, but I think we could do that. So, the faith aspect has your faith played a role in this journey of getting resources for this foundation? Then I will talk about the other uh, four, three pillars. Yes, let's talk about faith first. So, Pastor, now let me confess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this part of the training. So after this, after this talk, I'm going to look at my booklet. So I don't know. <laughs> so the faith aspect is that you always have to trust God for whatever he has called you to do. So you have to pray and ask God. So how have you done that? It's really, I think what has helped me is is seeing the results and I'm like, God, you did X, Y, Z, you know? And so the times that I'm discouraged, I'm like, why, you know, God did X, Y, Z, you know? So why are you discouraged? He hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. And so I think just, and even when things don't happen, I'm like, that doesn't change who he is. And even it's just for my own personal life, you know, the different obstacles mm -hmm. I've overcome and how God came through, you know? So when things don't work out the way I want them to, I'm like, listen, I'm doing this for God. So if he, don't, you know, if he doesn't want to come through, that's all good because this is his work. And so I think that's what keeps me going when, like you said, taking yourself out of the equation and knowing that you're just a conduit and this is God's work. And if he doesn't do it through me, his work will still get done. So I am not, this is not me at all. And that's fair. Mm -hmm. that's what faith is faith is you know depending on god like going for the invisible the impossible when your entire dependence on god if it turns out somebody said faith, faith is like jumping from uh the top of a mountain knowing that when you get down knowing that there's no water there but that when you get down there god will have provided the water for you to land up <laughs> 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 
that's the definition of faith. <laughs> so, and that's the journey of walking in purpose. You know, you will have to take some steps that everybody will think you are crazy. You know, they will say, this is crazy person. But then by the time you land, the water will be there waiting for you. Yeah. So Ayo, what's your own faith journey? Yeah, this? I think in this journey, yeah, I, I think um, Mobala, what you said about this is God's work. Like there's moments where I have to remind myself like this, Ayo, this is not about you. <laughs> this is bigger than you. Um, and so you, I constantly um, am reminding myself like, if this is the vision, if this is what God is telling you, he will provide. Um, yes, there will be setbacks. Yes, there will be times where you get discouraged. But again, this is bigger than you. And um, I think that's just, you know, a, a reminder that I have to tell myself and keeps me going, keeps me uh, motivated to keep going. Also, just getting feedback from people, you know, um, now that we're all in COVID-19 and, and safe at home, you know, I have time to uh, do Zoom calls with my family every other day, like my parents and my brothers, which probably would have never happened if it wasn't for COVID-19. And so just being able to share more about what we're doing through the foundation, being, um, I don't know if it's like the ideas are being validated, but just knowing like they believe in what I'm doing, they see the impact, um, it's, it's really inspiring. So I think a combination of reminding it's my, myself that it's not me, um, just hearing and seeing the impact from individuals that, that are related to me and not, um, it just, it's, uh, it keeps me going. Awesome. Thank you. And then the second pillar is communication. So um, I said it in the training that out of sight is out of mind for a lot of people. Generally, there will be some individuals that they will have you in their heart and they remember that, oh, Ayo is doing the foundation. Let me send something to somebody foundation or Mobile is doing something and they will send it to you. But most people, if they don't see it, they have forgotten. That's it. Out of sight is out of mind. And that's why you will see that one of the things you have to do if you are leading anything or you started anything around your mission or initiative is that you have to communicate to people. You have to have a group of people that you communicate to and tell them, this is what we are doing, you know, this, you know, <laughs> this is what we accomplished and all that. And then you'll be surprised that when I do that, so I use pictures a lot. I use videos, you know, I sometimes I go overboard on it, but people don't know what's behind it because I know out of sight is out of mind. So somebody just gets something and then it will generate something and then that might sustain for some time. So how is your communication journey regarding your initiative? Good of you. How you yeah, social media is a full-time job. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I'm a marketer, right? So I'm, I'm, I have a little bit more insight into what we do in like the professional world and how I can translate it into um, the foundation. So we have social media, we have an email list. And so we try to send out emails um, at least monthly with some of the updates that we're doing. Uh, I think both of you mentioned how you don't like asking for money. That's me as well. Um, but also recognizing, to your point, out of sight, out of mind. And so even in my mind, it might be like I'm um, bothering someone. Um, but it's if in theirs. If I was in their shoes, it's more like a reminder, like, hey, don't forget about me. Um, so try to communicate and stay top of mind in different ways, um, just so we, get, we keep uh, getting the message out there of the work that we're doing. And also another thing, especially, you know, we talk about this in corporate America, like women don't like um, bragging about themselves and the work that they're doing. I'm learning to do a lot more of that, right? If something is successful, it's not necessarily bragging, but, you know, here's some of the wins that we had and sharing that as well. Yeah, that's very true. You know, apart from that, even Christians generally, you know, there's this scripture in Matthew chapter six that if I had to explain to some pastors, 
you know, recently. And I saw that those pastors now, they've changed their social media. You know, where Jesus said, when you do your harm, don't tell anybody, don't let anybody know. You know, let it be in secret. And your father in heaven will reward you openly. So a lot of people just took that and they just think that they didn't look at the context that Jesus was talking about the intention of the other. If your intention is to boast so that people can say, yeah, you're doing good. And they say, yay, then it is wrong. You understand? Because he also talked about prayer in public. He wasn't saying you can't pray in public. Well, he said, if you are praying in public to be seen of men, to be seen of men. So the intention is what he was talking about. So a lot of people, they are doing stuff, especially in the church. So they keep it quiet. And people keep criticizing the church. They criticize the church. I don't know. The church, they're only collecting money. They're not even doing anything and all that. And I know all these pastors and what they are doing underneath, how they are supporting people. I said, you better start showing it. <laughs> you better start telling people, com <laughs> communicating it so that you can generate goodwill. You know, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works in the same chapter, you know, the chapter before that, or is it the same? I mean, the chapter before that, that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. So the key is you want the glory to go to God, but you must let men see what you are doing. If you are distributing food as a, as a foundation, better let people see it because that's the way they're going to send money to you to distribute more. If you hide it, you know, I say only my reward will be in heaven. Mm -mm. <laughs> You might not have enough resources to do. So, Mobile, I want your own communication journey, you know, with your nonprofit. Um, thanks, Aria, for talking about an email list. I don't have an email list now, um, so I'm going to make one and be bothering people. <laughs> uh, so it was really by word of mouth. Um, so, for example, the ultrasound thing, I talked to my emergency colleagues because, you know, I know that that's one of the, that's like up and coming now in, in ER world. So word of mouth to my colleagues. Um, I am now like getting more on social media. Listen, like she said, it's a full-time job. I'm like, I don't have time for this. I cannot come up for work. I'll be on Facebook. I'll be on Instagram. But listen, that's what the world is going through. I have to adapt to change. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also like email people individually. And then my board of directors, God bless them. They also reach out to their network. Um, so really social networking, emailing and word of mouth. Very good. And that, that's the third pillar that you are talking about. We call, we call the third pillar friends raising. Now, a lot of nonprofits, they want to do fundraising, but fundraising is hard. You don't have friends, you know? <laughs> so I, I prefer to focus on friends raising than fundraising. And I've discovered that if I have become friends with people, like I've created a network, you understand, they tried and so on. When it's time for fundraising, the funds will come out because they trust me, they know me and all that. So funds come out faster that way than if you just, you don't raise friends, you just say, okay, we're doing this fund and this project, you know, <laughs> you know, and then people don't get results. So we talked about raising friends, raising friends. And part of how you raise friends, for those who are watching, part of how you raise friends is, you will identify some people that you want to invest you know, in them. You, 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 you contact them. Um, you, you start having conversations and all that. Not necessarily about your own nonprofit or whatever, just to build relationships. And then you, you continue building that. Then somewhere along the line, your dreams will start coming in. So when you pull out a project and say, this is what I need to do right now, they call this in the long tail, you know, like 
you know, they need, you need like a thousand people, just a thousand people to let any, to make any idea go viral. So, you, you know, you, you, you are building that, that tribe. Then when you just release it out, you just see the funds coming. But people go the other way. They start doing fundraising and people are tired of them. So how have you guys been raising friends? <laughs> how have you been raising friends uh, for your foundations? How have I been raising friends? That's a good question. Because the 2,500 we used for COVID-8 were from all my friends. And even some of them, I hadn't talked to them since college. And that really touched my heart. Mm -hmm. So how am I raising friends? I don't, I don't know that I have a, uh, a strategy. I'm not sure. But I think that if you have a track record, if you deem yourself somebody that can be trusted, if you deem yourself somebody that will help others, you know, um, if you've established that track record, I think people will be more likely to help you. And like you said, you need evidence, you know, so I, I make a newsletter at the end of the year. I'm not going to be able to do a monthly thing like Aya does. I know it just will not work. <laughs> but, you know, I try to post the videos and um, pictures on my foundation page because people need to be able to trust you. So again, I don't have a strategy, but I think just maybe be nice to people. That's a strategy. <laughs> and they can give you money. strategy that you are using, but it's organic. So even your high school, whatever, you know the reason why? Because you you friended them on Facebook or they friended you, you accepted. So they are seeing what you are doing. Once in a while, you say happy birthday to this one or whatever over the years. That's part of friends raising. You understand? So for, I mean, just everybody that is watching, listen for anything that God has called you to do, rather than focusing on money, focus on people. I, I keep saying it. I said, the greatest investment that you can make is in people because number one, people are, number one, they are appreciating um, investments. So people appreciate, they get better. Number two, people are mobile investment. People move from place to place. You can invest in somebody here right now. The next time you meet the person is in Australia. And in, as at that point that you need something in Australia, you know, so people are mobile. <laughs> they are mobile investment. They are appreciating investment. And then there's the third one, uh, people are also, no, let me try and remember. So they are, they are mobile, meaning they move, they appreciate, meaning they grow, then they multiply. People are also multiplying investment. Then there's no other investment. In, in those days, the only investment that had those characteristics were animals, you know, like livestock and all that. But now real estate doesn't do that. Real estate can appreciate, but it's not mobile. And it doesn't, it doesn't multiply itself. Do you get what I'm saying? Stocks, in a sense, the stocks can multiply, right? But it's not mobile. It's not necessarily mobile. And it, you know, so do you get what I'm saying? But only human beings are like that. So that's your biggest investment. So I tell people, raise people, don't raise funds. Raise friends, don't raise funds. Like focus on people. Uh, remember people's birthdays, wedding anniversaries. Uh, do, do it genuinely, not as a manipulation. Just be a good person generally to people be there for them in their times, uh, you know, seasons of life. And you'll be surprised that they'll be there for you in your mission and in your calling, in your seasons of life. So that's one of the keys. Aya wanted to say something. Yeah, I was just going to add that I was actually just having a conversation. I, um, I have a friend who's in the nonprofit space and, you know, I just bounce ideas back and forth. And one of the things that we were talking about yesterday is how can I support the board, right? They're supporting me. How can I support them? Um, and at the end of the day, I think part, what I recognize about myself is I'm a connector, right? So if we have this community of individuals, of people that 
are all, are all purpose-driven? How can I connect people so that I can help them accomplish their goals like they're supporting me? Um, and again, it's not just trying to do something out of, you know, to see what I can get, but truly just being in a place where I want to see you succeed. I want to see you win. We should all be, you know, walking in our purpose and doing what God has called us to do. Very good. Thank you. So we have just two more pillars. So we've talked about three out of the five. So the next pillar is what you started to talk about is generosity. Any um, organization, any individual that wants to have other people support you, you must first of all support other people. You have to be a generous organization. So meaning that part of your, the pipelines, pipeline of your own income or resources must be going to other organizations, smaller ones, bigger ones, it doesn't matter. You know, you are supporting other people's causes because that's a principle, you know, we talked about in the leading light, the law of reciprocity, you know, the fact that give and it will be given back to you. You know, you know what you mirror out, it will mirror back to you. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. If you, you know, I said the motto of my life, which I, you know, I adopted as a, as a, you know, as in my 20, early 20s is if you can help as many people get what they want in life, you will get what you want in life. So ever since that philosophy sank into me, what I focus on when I meet people is what can I do for them? Like, how can I help you be who you need to be? And I've discovered that in doing that, I am becoming who I want to be. So generosity is essential. That's why in anything that we do, like, you know, we receive funds. All, our, all the organizations that I lead, we receive funds. We have to, funds have to flow out. Apart from the funds that we use for delivering services, right, as a number of delivering services to people, which is still an outflow, right, it, we separate funds that we just give to other organizations for them to deliver their own services too. So generosity. I preached a message this last Sunday on generosity. Um, it's, you know, very, I preached Second Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9, which was a discourse on generosity. 15, 16 principles of generosity. Very powerful. You know, it should be on my YouTube channel or City Light YouTube channel for those who want to listen to it. So, can you talk about your, you know, generosity when it comes to your foundation quickly? And then we'll talk about the last one and then we'll round up the broadcast. Are you I'll say first, <laughs> I, I'm definitely after this, I'm definitely going to go back and look at my notes <laughs> from 2017 because uh, there's uh, so much that I probably need a refresher on as well. Um, but generosity, like this COVID-19, so because our mission is to empower women and girls, they just had a Giving Tuesday Now campaign. Um, I don't know if I necessarily remembered this from Leading Lights, but um, it was just something that I felt called to do. And so we raise funds, half of the funds will go to our programs for girls over the summer, which we're now making virtual. Um, and then the other half went to supporting local women's shelters um, that focus on domestic violence, just because we know that um, data is showing that um, there's an increase in domestic violence cases because everyone's at home. And so, yeah. you know, in order to support our mission and, you know, try to make an impact, um, for those that uh, needed it, the support, um, that's, that's what we did. Awesome, yeah, and that's, that's generosity. And just, you know, you continue that flow, you are setting the law into motion. It's a law of God into motion that when you are doing that, somebody will have to do it for you. I say this way, I say a pipe that is delivering water can never complain of thirst. A pipe that is delivering water can never complain of thirst. That's Proverbs 11.25 in my own word. Proverbs 11.25 says, either water shall be watered also himself. 
the liberals will be made fat and he that waters will be watered also himself. So I've discovered that I don't need to fo focus on how I get watered. If I can just find places to keep watering, the water will continue to flow. But if I block it, you know, and just try to hurt, like the, in the private of the talent, that guy that went to hide it, that's when I lose what I have. So I'm over that. So what, I mean, how is, are you processing generosity? So even though my, um, one of the goals is to further help care resource limited settings, charity begins at home, you know? So I can't see I'm helping somebody in Africa or in Guatemala when there are people that need help here. Um, so like you mentioned, sometimes we partner with the LDC, um, but we also partner with SOS Illinois. Um, and it's a wonderful facility that helps like with foster children and placement and activities. And so we, we do that as well. And the current project in Nigeria was actually given to grassroots organizations that needed funding for their own um, for their own projects. You know, so even though I'm like I don't know what your project is, as long as it's COVID related and there's data, so really just helping them um, just kind of push forward. Because a lot of the guys in Nigeria they were volunteering that time, mm -hmm. you know, going from place to place, going to the market to buy to buy food items. And if you've lived in Nigeria before, you know it's it's pretty rough. You you know, so I was like, how can I help these people? And um, the whole scholarship thing with UAB, even though it's very, very, very small, um, that part is my own money. And I needed to do that because um, people did that for me to go to college. And I remember what that was. So that is my own part. And like, I need to help somebody. So even though it's tiny, um, that was a personal goal that I, that I wanted to achieve. So this is not foundation money. This is not anything. This is my... This is my thank you to God for giving me that opportunity. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And then the last pillar is products and services. So the last pillar of raising finances is products and services. So if you want to raise money, you apply all the other ones, but you can also create things that you can sell. You can create products that you can sell. You can create services that you can sell. That's why at the Life Development Center, part of our services is the Leading Lights training, uh, which people pay for even though we give scholarships to you know, a whole lot of people, especially when we go to do it in Africa, it's basically scholarship, we'll pay for the whole thing. But in the US, people do pay for it. Um, you know, we have you know, other you know, materials, you know, like books you know, that I write and all, you know, all those things, they are products. So any, every nonprofit can do that. Everybody, you can create products, even if your life for yourself too, you can respond for yourself by creating products in line with your purpose. Are you guys thinking about that of products and services to, to complete the pillars? Um, we are, right? And <laughs> Pastor Lan, you and I spoke earlier this week yes. um, about some of our long-term um, plans, but definitely something that's been top of mind, especially as we continue to grow and um, ha have a sustainable organization um, that's not just here for you know a couple of years or during my lifetime, but um, something that will be live beyond me. Um, so something uh, that we are focusing on, just not there yet. Yeah, cool, cool. Very good. Mabola? Definitely not even close. <laughs> not even close to be there. Um, but it's something my board and I have talked about. So we're planning a gala next year, God willing. And we're like, what can we come up with? What can we give? Like, like making, I'm shy. Like trying Let me to give an idea, an idea, because it's usually very simple. So for example, right now you have, um, you are touching people in Africa and all. So there are stories around that. 
How about just compiling the stories of some people who have been impacted, right? Into, you know, it doesn't have to be, it could just be an ebook or article or whatever, just something that is on your, on your website and all that. You might not charge for it and all that, but it can help you generate donations. People read it, you send it by email. So that's how it starts. Usually products can start with uh, what you write. Sometimes some of the things you are speaking, they are products. What you have been doing on Instagram is products. Do you understand? They are products. You know, you are, you are talking, you know, you are giving something to people. You understand? So you could break it up like you've been doing and just be doing something regular series, you know, that you just come up, record it. You know, if you are shy, record it in your room. <laughs> when, when you're satisfied, <laughs> you post it up. You understand? That's also products, you know, services and all that. Then, so when you start doing that, you get to a point where you can actually, once people see the value in what you do, that anytime she comes and speaks for just five minutes, I get something. That's when, you know, you start moving into things like, you know, get into the Dr. Mobola's inner circle, you know. <laughs> Dr. Mobola's inner circle, and it is just $10.99. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, people are doing this stuff. You know, my wife is on a, you know, on a, you know, on a coaching network, you know, you know, by one, is a British lady, you know, who, you know, she helps women and all that, and they pay into it. I like this lady. I need to see what this lady is doing. You have a lot of ladies, thousands of them. They pay monthly just to listen to her chat. And she's a Nigerian, a Nigerian, a British Nigerian, British Nigerian English. I don't know how you say it. She's from Nigeria. She's her parents are from Nigeria, so she was born in Britain. So she, but she, she, she does this thing very good. She writes book and then she gets women just to talk to women and all that. And they pay, 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 but she had to build it up, you know? So, I, I mean, I like to tell people possibilities. You get what I'm saying? All these things are possible if we go for it. So, all right. So those are the pillars of fundraising. Um, we're going to round up with the last thing. What do you guys have on your mind as we're closing this? What would you like to say to somebody who is watching? Anything that's on your mind that you'd like to say that I've not covered, uh, just go ahead. Uh, a message to those who are watching. Okay, I can go. So first of all, for everybody that listened, you just got a free, a free one hour session of Leading Lights. <laughs> Because this is exactly, yeah, this is exactly the training. So thank you, Pastor Len, for refreshing, since I also forgot that aspect. So I appreciate that. Um, my, my message is what, I, what I've said, start somewhere, start small. Even though you have a big vision, just, just start where you are and just trust God to meet you there, pretty much. Thank you. Thank you. Ayo. Yeah, I would... Um strongly if you haven't taken leading lights strongly strongly encourage you to take it and participate it participate in it it's truly a life-changing um experience and like pastor lamb mentioned on saturday i think you'll have a little bit more of a glimpse into some of the um, offerings that come up, come out of that um and you know we're all created for more than just to like get up go to work come home eat dinner right we have purpose we have we can make impact um, but the first start is to recognize what it is that you're passionate about and how that leads you to your purpose um, so more, so much more um, in this class helps you um, figure out what that is thank you thank you so 
um, I want to thank you both for your time. It's been an engaging, interesting conversation. I really enjoyed it. I want to thank those who are joining us. Uh, again, the Leading Lights, um, Taste of Leading Lights will be taking place this Saturday from 12 noon to 2 p.m. CST. Uh, go to openhouse.theleadinglights.org. A small form in there. Put your name or information in there and our team will reach out to you so that you can be a part of that. Uh, tomorrow, we're gonna to be coming back with another Lights 360 chat, uh, it, it, the second series, which is State of the Nations. So we're gonna be having people from some multi-nations, you know, having this discussion together. Uh, so it's gonna be a fun time. So I look forward to seeing all of you again. So with that, we're gonna sign off. Let's say bye-bye. Oh, you wanna say something? Yes, go ahead. So I'm going to put a plug for my social media. So Yes, that's true. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to you to do that. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. So for the foundation, we're on Facebook, MK Foundation 7. We're also on Instagram and Twitter, the same handle, MK Foundation 7. And my personal um, Instagram and Twitter is MobalzyMD. So like Pastor Lan said, I give nuggets, everything emergency care. I've been doing a lot of teaching on COVID. So follow and like Mobile MD MK Foundation 7. Yeah. Thank you. I, I mean, people will see it on the, the, the flyer that we came in. They will see the address of the foundation on Facebook and on Instagram. And in the post, you will see our personal, uh, our personal profile there that you can just click and start following. Our, I mean, I get blessed by what she what she puts out. So please, you know, go follow her. Ayo, you want to talk about how people can reach you? You guys are getting it. The pillars of freedom, friends <laughs> raising. Friends raising. <laughs> yes. Um, Ajila, A-J-I-L-L-A. -L -L -A. We are on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we have a website if you want to um, opt into our newsletter. And we're also on LinkedIn. Um, so A-J-I-L-L-A -L -L -A Foundation on all of those channels. And I look forward to connecting with many of you. Thank you. And I want to thank the Live Development Center team who put this together and who are working, you know, behind the scene right now. Um, also, please follow the live, the, at the Live Development Center on Facebook or Instagram at the Live Development Center. Uh, follow us or the livedevelopmentcenter.org. That's uh, our website. So just get in touch with us and we will see you again. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Globe Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.